to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Hey, my God. Hey! <laughs> Okay, Luke chapter 2. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Turn it down a little. Okay. Now, in recent weeks, I've been showing you different sides of God that many have never taken time to explore. And today I want us to explore a certain side of God that He wants us to know. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. If I was doing a video that says, tell me you are Pentecostal. I'm not saying I am, but one of those that says, tell me you're Pentecostal without, without saying it, a Zambian Pentecostal. Among the things I would do, can I tell you one of them which I would do? I would do this. <laughs> what does this mean? Come on, guys, if you don't know what this means, <laughs> we all know this is favor. favor, right? So, I think there was a period of time when there were a lot of songs released about favor. And for some reason, in the songs, everyone was doing this. Yeah. And today we're talking about favor. but in a way that you've probably never heard. And there are two dimensions we'll look at when it comes to favor. Two main dimensions. And whatever God wants us to talk about, it means it's something he he wants to introduce us to. Yeah. Interestingly, he spoke to me about this. Um... I was in prayer. I was praying over the safe delivery of the baby. 
and he said, talking to me about what to talk to you about today. God is interesting. So he wants you to know about favor. There are some of us who feel unlucky. There are some who feel we almost nearly somehow get there. Then there's that one contract that won't be signed. There's just that one signature that won't come. Or there's just that one thing. Or when you finally feel you've saved up some money, there's something that comes up. Or there's this, or there's that, or there's that. You can say goodbye to that. Because <laughs> that's the best way for you to say goodbye. You can actually do this, like, bye. <laughs> like, see you later. Are you actually going to say, see you later? No. See you never? No. Are you ready to ghost it today? Yes. Yesterday, I was being taught by the young ones what it means to ghost. I was amazed. So they told me there's a show I'm supposed to watch to find out. But I, I, I didn't know those things are real. So... Today, you're going to ghost those issues. Okay? For the elders, I'll come and explain. <laughs> it just simply means they may be existing, but to you, they won't. They won't be part of your world. They won't be part of your ions. I use the Greek word there, right? Okay, when I say your ions, um, Look at Hebrews chapter 11 and then look, I think, verse 3 and 4. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now, when it speaks of the worlds, it's not just the physical worlds, it's not just the cosmos. There's your systems, your, your systems, your, your world, because everyone, in a way, experiences the world their own way. And then God framed the worlds through the word. So by faith, you can frame your world. You can frame your ions. You can frame what ha what's you can you can you can determine what becomes normal, what becomes abnormal. And it can go deep. It can become a mindset. Um, I remember one time. I think during the period when I was doing my masters, we wrote a test that was fairly hard. And I was the class rep. So the lecturer gave me the results to post them in the WhatsApp group. So I remember posting them, and I didn't look at them before I posted them. And funny enough, without thinking, I didn't go to the names. I went to the results. So I was saying, okay, 40, 50. And then when I found a result that looked okay, it was 80. That's when I checked for the name. And for sure, it was my name. Now, the question is, 
what if I checked and that wasn't my name? What if my name was not among those I wanted it to be? At least it would mean I've got a mindset that believes in the stuff that I'm producing. Such that the first place I'll check is the 80s. And if it's not there, I'll be disappointed and I'll sit and I'll see if there's something I need to work on. I think it's better like that than always checking on the line. Like the first thing you, you go check is on the cutoff point. Then it means in the era of academics, you may need to frame your ions differently. And we've got tools to help you with that. We do have tools to help you. But it may mean you, you may need to do that. You must come to a place where good news is no longer shocking. And that starts with this thing called favor. So look to verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Whoa. Do you know what's mind-blowing about that? How can Jesus increase in favor? It means favor on Jesus' life increased. Then interestingly, the favor on his life increased with God and with men. So those are the two dimensions we'll look at. Favor with God and favor with men. But just think about that. It means the, f- the favor levels Jesus had on Monday were different from the favor levels he had on Friday. And my friend, if you're going to live a life of destiny, there are moments you'll need favor. There are moments you just need God to just do a fast one for you. And so I just kept reading and reading. Some of it you'll look at with men. And you know, interestingly, um, I do my Bible study separately from my sermon planning. So in my Bible study uh, this morning around 1 and 2, I was finishing the book of Judges. And I decided to start the book of Ruth so that I know if Ruth is just about Boaz. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I'm reading it. I could see loyalty there. I could see stickability there. And then I keep reading. And then Ruth found favor in the eyes of Boaz. And... There are certain things she didn't have to work as hard as the others. Even where she was supposed to be an outsider, Boaz said, no, gather with the rest. Have you not found favor in my sight? Be like one of my young women. Then I'll I'll, I'll read on. I think I got sleepy. So I'll read on because when I read the next chapter, I think that's where Boaz redeemed Ruth, right? So I want to marry it with the law of redemption in the book of Leviticus so that I get a bigger insight on how Jesus redeemed us. So, Bible studies, don't you just love those moments when you just sit 
and you're just studying the word. And I've been seeing, oh my goodness, I've been seeing things. For example, the last chapters of Judges, I think in the last two chapters of Judges, three times it's mentioned that there was no king in Israel and everyone did what seemed right in their eyes. It showed me the lack of leadership. What, what happens when there's no leadership? And then it also showed me the biggest weakness that most of the leaders in Judges had. Because it was more on gifting, they never learned how to train others. So when they would die, the dispensation would die. Then it would say, then a new generation who didn't know. Why didn't they know? They were not taught. Yeah. So there's a lot I've been getting as I've been studying Judges. I was also reading on the birth of Samson. And uh, what's the name of that guy again? It sounds like Mohana, but it's not Mohana. Ma Mo Manoah, yeah. You know how the mind can play tricks on you. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Stuff I've never seen, and yet I've read that book like I don't know how many times. Now, when we talk about favor, we're referring to there's an element of mercy. There's an aspect of kindness. There's an aspect of preference. And that's why grace, the word grace means undeserved favor. In short, it's favor you didn't work for. So there's an aspect of kindness, of mercy, of goodness, of grace. And I want us to know, ladies and gentlemen, there are some people who may be listening to me right now, others may be watching, who are not born again. You being in this place is serious favor. It's seriously the favor of God. The fact that God has not permitted you to die in your sins, it's favor. It's serious favor. And then for everyone who's born again, the fact that you got to hear the gospel one day, that in itself was favor. Some stayed a long time in the world, others maybe didn't. People did all sorts of different things. The fact that God could still choose you to be a holy priesthood is favor. It's favor. And that's why favor begins before salvation. Romans 5, verse 6 to 8. Favor, we begin to see it before salvation. If God treated us the way we deserved to be treated before we got saved, if God treated us in a deserving manner, where would we have been? 
Let's look at Romans 5 verse 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Next verse. Now, look, look at this. It says, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. What that means is this. It's very rare for people to die, even for good people. That's why the internet has produced a phenomenon called keyboard warriors. What that means is they will lie down in bed. They will advise you. Talk. Hey, do this, do this, do this. If that gets you in trouble, they will type from their bed, we are standing with you. But they won't enter <laughs> they won't enter the prison with you or any of those things. But people very easily stand with you on WhatsApp and on Facebook. But very rarely do people risk their lives for the sake of another person. That's why anyone who does is called a hero, right? That's why the people who risk their lives for Zambia, we call them freedom fighters. In the same era of the freedom fighters, there were often some people who said, mm. <laughs> <laughs> it is well. <laughs> I, I don't know if you hear me. And perhaps it's only in eternity when we'll know there could be some who fought even harder than others who were never publicly recognized. So he's saying people don't even die for good people, but maybe... Maybe, perhaps someone might do it for a good person. Next verse. But he says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Imagine, he didn't wait for you to go clean up your act. He did it before. Knowing what he was getting himself into. Knowing the issues that would come. Look at Psalm 103. And then I want you just to see verse 8. I really just want us to appreciate where this concept of favor is coming from. And to be able to see where we have seen favor. Psalm 103. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. The number of times I've wanted to lead people to Christ and the response they've given me, sometimes they say it, sometimes it's, you can almost feel it, is I would want this, but I'm a bit too dirty. I wish you told me this five years ago. Or I would want this, but you don't know where I've been. You don't know how my mind works. You don't know what I'm addicted to. You don't know what I'm holding on to. You don't know what manner of toxic relationship I'm in. But what does the Bible say about the Lord? He is merciful and gracious. Slow to anger, abounding in mercy. I've heard some people here say, no, God is angry at me. God, angry at you. Do you, do you know what would happen to you if God was angry at you? Huh? 
someone came to me, wanted to come to me for prayers. I was saying God was angry at them. I told them first to text me the situation. God angry at you, then I come lay hands and say, what? <laughs> God, stop being angry. Let, no, let me show you what the Bible says about when God, ang- God is angry at you. You think Satan can deal with you? God, who can kill both the soul and the body, can deal with you home and away. <laughs> What the book of the Hebrews? <laughs> Our guys. <laughs> Look at Hebrews 10. Look at verse 30 and 31. <laughs> it says, For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. Next verse. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Now, him sending Jesus was an act of favor. Let me show you why I say so. Just compare this. When Jesus began his ministry in the book of Luke, he quoted from the book of Isaiah. Have you ever noticed that he never finished the verse? Look at it. Give me Isaiah chapter 61. Do you know what would happen to a person? Ask Herod who an angel struck and worms came out. Ask Korah with the ground opened and said, you, there's no need to even pass through this. This is just coming, come in advance. <laughs> it says, <laughs> the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Jesus came with good news. He only came with good news. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. If you're brokenhearted right now, this is your portion. I'm serious. People think I'm joking. May you receive healing in Jesus' name. And it says, to proclaim liberty to the captives. So you're not supposed to stay a captive in Christ. And it says, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. That's the true message of deliverance. He didn't come to leave them in prison. He came to open it. That's a big one. That's a big one. Jesus, they want you to spend... All the years of your life. Breaking what he broke. He wants you to walk out of that prison. Next verse. Look at this. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What's the acceptable year of the Lord? That means to proclaim the year of. That's favor. right? But look at the very next verse. And the day of vengeance of our God. Now go to Luke and look at chapter 4. And then look at verse 18. Have you taken note of that? I'm also showing you how to study the Bible. 
He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, he opened from Isaiah, right? And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Next verse. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the other one, what came next? And the day of vengeance. Next verse. Then he closed the book. He knew where he stopped and why he stopped. I wouldn't be surprised if on the day of his appearing, what the Bible says, people will mourn. People will mourn when they see him. People who spent all their life trying to fight his existence will mourn when they see him. And I've got a feeling you open it and say, I've come to proclaim the day of God's vengeance. So right now, <laughs> we are in the year. We're in the dispensation where there's the liberty of the favor of God. If you read on what will happen after the rapturing of the saints, which will be interesting because it will be, like be a day like any other, I actually think that the world will find a natural explanation for it. If they want, I'm, I'm sure one of you will be listening to this sermon when the rapture has happened, or you'll watch this. If they won't tell you it's aliens, or I, I don't know, but they'll find an explanation for it. Because the Bible is clear, two will be in the field, one will go, the other one will remain. And with the way we we'll dominate the mountains of influence, there'll be nations that will be left without presidents. There'll be big associations that will be left without CEOs. And the world will all come into that chaos and surrender the mark of the beast and all that kind of stuff. But if you read what the Bible says about that period, because the grace of God won't be functioning like the way it is now, people will try to kill themselves and death will refuse. Death will say, no, remain, suffer. And then the solution that's given for that day is maybe run to the mountains and stuff like that, right? Maybe it's because that's where there will be little signal. Eh? Maybe it will be harder to catch people there. Uh, that, one I, uh, that one I've just decided I'll just watch it as a movie. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I'm not going to take risks. <laughs> that one will watch it. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is we are in that period of the acceptable favor of the Lord. So he says the Lord is merciful and gracious. He's, he's kind. And this is a side of God that many didn't know. Do you remember Moses saying, okay, God, it's not fair. It's not fair. Moses threw a tantrum. He says, you can't tell me you've chosen me to lead these people, and yet you're not going to tell me who you are. You're not going to show me your glory. Like, I want to see it. He says, okay, fine. I'll show you. And what happened? A voice declared. When the glory passed, a voice declared. And what did the voice declare? The Lord, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. But that will in no way justify the guilty. Let's continue the verse. Verse 9. 
Ain't you enjoying knowing more about God? Praise God. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. Uh He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Uh For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. Uh As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. You can go on and on and on. But the Lord's mercy for us began even before we were saved. And that's why if you're not saved and you listen to this, that's God's mercy towards you. That's God's favor to you. Let me show you another one. Romans 2 verse 4. Have you... I've spoken to several people who've told me, no, there's no need to change. After all, things are going well in my life. Look at Romans 2 verse 4. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Have you ever sat down and looked back and you realized moments where God like saved you from a big one? And even just in the simple things. Have you ever just thought about the number of times you could have seriously compromised your body as a child by some of the games you played? As in, if we were to go to heaven and to watch clips of how the mercy of God just preserved you, somehow, during that game, <laughs> someone threw a frisbee, somehow it was going to hit your eye, it just missed. Whatever that moment, maybe your body was just pulled out at the last minute. Something would have been so severe. I remember, is it two years ago, I was walking, and I don't know, I wasn't paying attention. But there was like, you know those trees with like serious thorns. And then as I was walking, I just found myself doing this. Then when I look back, I realize, oh my goodness! That thing could have gone right in. The number of times we've experienced the favor of God. If only we knew. If only we knew even how some situations which may have been crazy would have been worse had someone not prayed and you just didn't know. God has shown so much favor. You know, when I was thinking about this, I think I should have been with Tamandan in the office. I found myself reflecting and going back. Give me a key. And I found myself singing. You know, I, I, I just started thinking. I found myself singing, mercy, say no, I'm not going to let you go, I'm not going to let you slip away, you don't have to be afraid, mercy, say no, Stain will never take control, remember that one, right? Life and death stood face to face, 
Darkness tried to sleep my heart away. Thank you, Jesus. Mercy, Satan. We should do an art thing of that. Imagine God's mercy just refused. So the first dimension of favor, we experience it even before we're born again. And if you want to if you want to compare this in terms of an illustration, look at Jesus before he was born. You'll see the favor of God. If you had to study the number of things that God did to preserve Jesus. Sometimes he even used, even when people did wicked things, he turned it to preserve Jesus. I give you one or two examples. Okay. Out of the sovereignty of God, it seems the person who had been chosen to be in the lineage was not Rachel, right? It was Leah. But Jacob wanted Rachel. But Leah was the one chosen. Somehow the family comes up with a plan and they gave Jacob the wrong wife. <laughs> and then somehow she just starts birthing and birthing. <laughs> Little did she know, God had a plan. He wanted to, there's something, he's very specific. And so in her birthing, she keeps, she keeps ignoring the purposes of God and focusing more on man, which is what we do sometimes. So she gives birth to a child, and I think it was today's dear mentor. Right? So she gives birth to a child and says, okay, now, I think she called him Simeon, right? Which means see a son. So like, it was like, it was like pontaling, like for the husband, like, yeah, see a son. And says, now my husband will love me. Jacob was just still looking at Rachel. Keeps giving different names, Levi, meaning attached. Okay, now my husband will be attached to me, nothing. She reaches the faith and finally aligns herself with the purposes of God. When she reaches the faith, what does she say? Judah, now I'll praise the Lord. God says, okay, fine, she's ticked that box. I'll use the lineage of Judah. And that's why Jesus, Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. By the way, I hope that gives you a revelation of praise. In case you didn't know, that's what I used to name the first one. That was the verse I used. And I gave that name when, after one of our first visits at the hospital, they were predicting some challenges. And so I decided that won't happen because I will praise the Lord from the onset. <laughs> 
the life of faith, you have to fight, right? And you have to find ways to fight. And sometimes fighting can be very private and very personal. You can be on your way to church, you're fighting. You're like, no, I'll praise the Lord. And then that day, everyone keeps saying, ah, pastor is dancing. You don't know what he's dancing for. <laughs> no, sometimes, was it Justin, was it you? Yeah, I think there was a time Justin's mom wasn't well, right? And it was very bad. And we were having an overnight. I wasn't even expecting to see him. Justin danced that day. So he sent me a message later on. Apparently he was dancing knowing that God had healed the mom. <laughs> I remember. Ha! So. <laughs> okay. So what was I? I was saying, look at the favor. So God preserves Israel. He's thinking of Jesus. He preserves Judah. He's really thinking of Jesus. And by thinking of Jesus, he's thinking of you. And through the ages, no matter how many empires got them, he's thinking of us. And then Joseph wants to cancel his engagement to Mary. An angel appeared to Joseph, saying, you're not going to do that. That was favor on Jesus. That was favor on Jesus. And then three wise men see a star. And it's funny, the favored one gets born in a manger, but then there's a star shining bright over it. What did, you know what that star symbolizes for me? For me, it reminds me of the priestly blessing. Let the face of God shine upon you. So it's like at that very moment, this is my picture, it almost feels like the entire attention of heaven was on Jesus. And angels started doing fast ones. I actually think that day, I know I was paying attention, and some angels who just escaped from heaven. Bah! They also just wanted to see. Because you know, for the angels, it was also amazing, right? As in, some of them had never seen God before. And then God became flesh. They're like, who could this side him with? Like one angel came spread the, the, the leader of the grapevine. <laughs> In heaven came. God has become a man. What? And then God's mind is just on the like, what is man that is mindful of you? Anyway, it's just my it's just my mind. And God just made me like that. I I, I like picturing it. This side is like, okay, who do we do? Okay, those shepherds, they are not doing anything. Who can he? Wake up, wake up. Guess what? This side been to Vajitika. This is this is this. And the wise men came. Jesus had never performed a miracle in the flesh. Never sang a song. Never preached a sermon. But they came and worshipped him. Then I shouldn't worship. As in they came and worshipped a baby. And, you know, some people think like he was like super baby. <laughs> like when he was born, he was just like Mary, Joseph. <laughs> no. No, that wasn't the case. They, do you know, if you, if you notice, remember after the whole temple thing, the Bible says he followed them and was obedient, right? So they used to send Jesus. 
Halo, suka kau mbare. Can you Jesus in the bedroom? Jesus! And Jesus says, Ma! He wanted to understand how our lives are like. I didn't say he became like us in every single way. So how do you think he ended up working as a carpenter? And so, you know, they call for him. And he comes, yes, mother. <laughs> Go and buy this for the show, for James and this one. Sure. Then I don't know what they used to see, but my mind pictures it. I would like to ask a few questions. Because there are some things Mary kept in her heart which she didn't tell Luke. So now, I don't know why she didn't tell Luke those things. She just kept them in her heart. But there's something she must have seen for her to tell the people at the wedding saying, just whatever he tells you. <laughs> have you ever thought about how Mary, Joseph, and Jesus survived in a foreign country? Do you know how expensive it is to survive in your own country? <laughs> how many of you would agree with me that... <laughs> Just in your own country, <laughs> there are one or two issues every now and then. Now imagine going to live in another country for a few years. How do you think they managed? Why do you think no one, why do you think Jesus didn't keep, like Mary and Joseph didn't keep the mere silver and gold as an artifact? So why do you think it wasn't used? The mere, the frankincense, and the gold. How do you think they managed economically in another nation? So the favor was such that his sustenance was provided for without ever making a prayer. And then he was protected. Dreams were sent to warn, saying, nah, run, hide. Like, direction was given for the sake of a baby. Now, I've transitioned from before being born to when you're born. Because the next dimension comes the moment you're born again. Now, as God would have it, and as ionic as God is, for me, he uses everything in life to teach me. So he asks me questions. That's usually how I learn. That's usually how I learn. Do you know, ladies and gentlemen, and I don't mean this, um, there are some of us who feel, okay, look, I'm born again, I'm still struggling with this, struggling with this, struggling with this. Do you know God knew that there would be some struggles, and he took the risk. He took a gamble on you. But his aim is perfection. I learned a lot through preparing for childbirth. Why did we buy diapers? Because we knew that there would be some stuff coming out. But you don't buy diapers for an adult, unless otherwise. No, think about that. If a human being can prepare even for that stuff. No, no, think about it. A human being will prepare for the harder times, for the times when somebody will be completely dependent on them, for a time when they will groom them and nature them to be themselves and to be able to manage on their own. You think God didn't prepare for you? 
God prepared for you. And one of the, one of, he uses so many, he prepared for you by sending the Holy Spirit. He prepared for you by giving you pastors and leaders. God prepared for you. And I can assure you, the fact that you're God's child now, that in itself is an amazing level of favor. The star was shining when he was born. There's a reason heaven dances. The Bible says there's joy in the heavens. In the, it's other versions say in the midst of the angels. Who do you think dances more? Is it the angels or the one in the midst of them? There's, there's joy in the heavens when the sinner repents. You know who I think does the most moves in heaven when somebody repents? It must be Jesus. How do I know? Because in Isaiah 53, when he talks about all his sufferings, it then goes on to say you, he will see the reward of his labor. He will see it and be glad. So the moment someone gets saved, Jesus starts, hey, Chicago, hey. Then you go, I made the way. <laughs> I have made them say, I, 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 I. <laughs> I don't know if they're getting my point. <laughs> and then all the angels are busy. <laughs> like, it, it, it goes down. It goes down. And they know that favor has immediately hit. Listen to me. Um, if today, um, I saw it with one of you, but I'll, I'll use an example. If today I'm to somehow manage um, to get a photo with the president. Let me tell you something. Whether I voted for him or never voted for him, <laughs> liked him or never liked him, there is a chance somehow that photo will make it somewhere. <laughs> because it will increase my profile. Anyway, some of you don't like your profiles being increased. Me, I, I do. Like right now, imagine I'm on 16,785 likes on my page. It should be 20 pin by now. No, I, I get offended. Some musician is just singing about uh, <laughs> women in a demoralizing manner. I'm giving life. I should have 16,000 likes and you're all there. Busy liking those other pages. How can I have a church member who's liked Zed Kawala and hasn't liked Apostrophobic? <laughs> never understood and you know what people don't realize that when those pages pop up on our feed it shows us who likes them. <laughs> some people need to go and like some pages <laughs> some I can't even mention them some things that pop up <laughs> anyways what was I saying but if I if I had an opportunity to do that I would probably feel very favored. Perhaps even an opportunity to have one conversation, right? Now, imagine the opportunity that the children have. Where what you consider a favor for them, it's their right. Yeah. I've had... First time I ever met 
uh, pastor, it was at one of his book launches. And all I wanted was a photo and signing the book. That people would think would know each other. And I managed to get that photo. I think I was signing and I gave someone my phone and they took for me. I don't remember the last time I asked for a photo. It should be years ago. Because I think what I have is bigger than a photo. It's, it's favor. I can have access, so it's actually favor. Because I know I can send a message. I, I, literally, it's favor. I, I don't know if someone is getting my point on how this aspect of favor works. Um, let, me, let me use another person as an example. Um, one of the other people I love, uh, Pastor Gladys. I remember when I first met her, we had breakfast. That in itself was serious favor, right? And then next she says, okay, here's my private line. So you can tell the favor is, right? Next I receive a text, um, come home for dinner. Now the favor is increasing. So for me, I'm like entering, I'm in awe. I'm like, my goodness, I'm here. Sitting, I mean, the child just enters the house. Oh, hi, guys! Like, so you don't know what's going on here. You don't know who's in my head. I'm like, you don't know whose house you're in. Like, you, you, are you aware that? Are you aware what's going on here? Like, but for them, they can sit there every day. Now, you're God's child. <laughs> Do you know what amount of favor that is? Can I end with one point just to show you a bit on that favor? Something Jesus said. Somebody say glory. Got the book of John. chapter 16. Do you know why I've never, I've been asked by a lot of people, I think I get asked this question almost every other week. People ask me for some oil, or they ask me maybe for some rubber bands, some water, some stuff like that. And I don't have issues with anyone who gives them out, but the Bible says, remember what I told you last week, Paul said, I delivered to you what God gave to me. And I don't think people realize just how much access they have. Which oil doesn't increase. Now, I know about conduits of the anointing, how a vessel can be used as a conduit of the anointing. And even how Paul used handkerchiefs and aprons. Though it never, interestingly, please note, I'm just telling you why we do it, eh? Don't put your mind on any other ministry. Each, each one has been given a, their own revelation. And who am I to judge another man's servant? Sheesh. Hey, that's scary. Hey. So I'm just telling you why. Because here I've got the right to tell you why. So, you know, Paul didn't like start a handkerchief and apron distribution system. They got them from him. But if you want to know what Paul really desired, hear what he said. 
And what did he say? I longed to see you that I may impart on you. Meaning the biggest vessel will never be a handkerchief and an apron. It's a human being filled with the word and filled with the spirit. So for me, if I can get you filled with the word and filled with the spirit, you don't know how much access you have. Otherwise, what happens if you're in a precarious position and the oil has finished? Has your access finished? And that's the biggest challenge I've had with many people I've met who've over-intrigued themselves with those things. They begin to see God in a finite way. So like the moment their substance reduces, their God finishes. I first experienced that when I, I met someone, I think they had a rubber band, and I don't know what happened, but I think someone tried to remove it from them. Eh! I'll lose my protection. I said, oh my goodness. It means if Satan wants to attack you and wants to cause fear in your life, he'll just inspire someone to just come and steal it. But there is something that can't be stolen. There is <laughs> a treasure that can't be removed from you. The word of God locked up in your spirit. There is <laughs> somebody here who was in a precarious position. They were practically not conscious. Maybe I've used the wrong word. At that point, okay, they can't remember what happened. But they were not thinking. At that point, they were not like able to fathom what was going on. And they were battling for their life. And guess what the nurses said? They just kept quoting scriptures, scriptures, scriptures. What was, what was working there? What was working there? What do you think was working there? I'm sure she would tell you herself one day. My wife gave the nurses a show. So I was telling her what she was telling them. She was in shock because she didn't remember. She kept quoting the word, quoting the word, quoting scripture. Just quoting the, kept quoting it. Because there is something that just, it just can't be grabbed out of you. It's in, a, it's in a place that's too far deep. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's too deep inside. It's locked. I was about to show you a verse about just what kind of favor we have as children of God. Luke 16, verse 26. How many of you have noticed that if you ever come with, to me for prayer, it's John 16, verse 26, but let's start from verse 25. If you ever come to me for prayer over a situation, usually I'll do the following, either... I'll agree with you over that matter or I'll declare over you as a priest who's been ordained to bless you or I'll make time in my intercession. And in my intercession, I don't see it as me doing it on your behalf. I see it as me reinforcing what you're doing as well. Now, here's why. John 16 verse 25. I don't mean this as any form of attack on anyone. But because we've all come from different places and sometimes some of us have questions, this particular portion of scripture is the reason why I, don't, I can't pray asking any saint or anyone from the past to pray on my behalf. This particular portion of scripture whether they were biologically related to Jesus here on earth, I can't. I read this. This is what it says. 
These things I've spoken to you in figurative language, like I'm doing. But the time is coming when I'll no longer speak to you in figurative language. I'll tell you plainly about the Father, which is what I'm doing right now. I'm sharing with you plainly. This is how God is. This is how he works. Next verse. In that day you will ask in my name. I do not say that I shall pray the Father for you. That's Jesus. Next verse. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and believe that I came forth from God. Next verse. And so he starts... Okay, let's finish it. I came forth and have come again into the world. Again, I leave the world to go to the Father. Uh -huh. His disciples say to him, See, now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Guy, he had the habit of the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Which I'll show you. <laughs> Next verse. Now we are sure that you know these things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. Continue. Jesus answered, to, Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Uh-huh. Indeed, the hour is coming, has now come, that you'll be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Uh-huh. I just like finishing this one. These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now, if you read earlier, Jesus was like, I'm not even going to be the one praying to the Father on your behalf. You have direct access. All you have to do is use my name. All you have to do is use my name. So meaning when you say Father in the name of Jesus, it is as if Jesus himself is praying. Like there is no difference between Jesus saying Father and you saying Father. Absolutely no difference for someone who is born again. And many of us are going to start experiencing it even for lack of a better term in a physical sense. We experience certain signs like, I don't know if any of you has ever had it, but there's that, I can't call it a feeling, but I don't know what to call it. Where you say, Father in heaven, and you just know the attention of heaven is on you. You, you know, you know, you, can, you just know that he's there. It may not happen all the time, but there are times where he'll allow you to sense it like that, so that in moments where you don't feel it, you can rely on that. Like, you just know, like, it's like Father in heaven, and it's almost like it's a Yes. And you can just speak to him plainly. Is everything okay? Okay. Wow. Ha. Final verse. This time is the final one. <laughs> Look at this. First John 3 verse 1 from the Amplified. I'm telling you that just by virtue of being God's child, you're favored. You're favored. Say, I'm favored. I am favored. Say, I have favor with God. I have favor with God. Say, I have direct access. I have direct so there is nothing blocking the signal. That's why even the role of us, the priests now in the New Testament, we're not your mediators. We're there to equip you and perfect you for the work of ministry. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you this. If the only reason you come to COL is for breakthroughs and promotions, I pity you. You know why? That's so little. 
compared to what, what, what God wants to do in your life. Are the breakthroughs and promotions important? Yes. Are there Sundays where specifically, ah, that Sunday you just say, God, today is the day. Yes, they are there. But that can't be your motivation every week. There must be something bigger that's keeping you. Right now, the biggest thing is that I'm showing you the Father. <laughs> Plainly. Eh? So let's have that last verse. First John 3, verse 1. Are you in key 3? See, okay, you can hold it. See what an incredible quality of love the Father has given, shown, bestowed on us, that we should be permitted to be named and called and counted as the children of God. And so we are. The reason that the world does not recognize us is that it does not recognize Him. God's child. I may not be as experienced as many. Matter of fact, I'm like three or four days old. Or something like that. But I can assure you there were many babies in that place. Very adorable ones. But there was one who had my attention. And there was one who didn't need permission to get my son name. They didn't have to apply for it. Or to use my money. <laughs> but, and that's from a human perspective. Imagine that with God. Where he births a person. It says children not born of flesh and blood, but born of God. Why wouldn't you want to be born again? Eh? And you know, um, remember when David said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation? It's when you stop thinking about these things. There's a joy that just comes from salvation. Like, forgetting everything else, there's a joy that just comes from knowing you're saved. And that joy, I believe, is stronger than so many other things. Do you know why I say so? Because some of the people in the Bible never got to experience promotions. They never got to experience that miracle of a job. Some never, some never got to experience a lot of the miracles we have. But just the fact that they were saved, some of them would be thrown in lions' dens during the time of Nero. That's why they thought he was the Antichrist. Probably had an Antichrist spirit. When he would get Christians, throw them in stadiums. I remember, I've, I've read before about how there were some who were put on crosses and they would burn the crosses. And a lot of them would die singing. Imagine they're on a cross, they've been burned and they're singing. And they're just thinking about, oh my, and they're singing, Hallelujah. Uh, oh, it's written, Hallelujah. And probably the voice starts being choked. And Perhaps the last breath is a You see why we need a lot of arts things? People should be able to see this stuff, right? And then apparently Nero got angry and threw a lot of them in lions. Like they would put them in a stadium and then lions would eat them for fun. And many of them, their bodies would be ripped from their heads, but they would find most of them died with a smile. What, what, what joy is this? What joy is it? 
Paul and Silas are thrown in prison and I know we've got the benefit of hindsight but the Bible doesn't tell us that they knew that if they sang praises the prison doors would open maybe there are other days Paul sang praises and they didn't open I mean he spent quite a lot of his life in jail but what I'm saying is that specific night as in they were hit they were hit and those guys could beat and in all that pain and anguish you're like Silas it's time it's time I think you know it's almost midnight let's and like it's time to sing your song again and at that point they don't know if they'll be beaten the next day so I'm sure they're the ones who wrote the verse whatever may pass and whatever lies before me I only have one desire that I should be singing when the that joy of salvation it's stronger than anything never lose it never take it for granted never take it lightly never stop having sessions where you can just say god thank you for saving me okay thank you for sending jesus never let the world distract you that much since the fr- that dimension of favor first comes like i said you experience it before salvation but when you're born again it, it becomes a right and I'll tell you this, more often than not, when something is right, if you're not careful, you can stop seeing just how much of a privilege it is. There are some people who I have personal contacts of, who when I meet others, they're like, oh my goodness, if I can just receive a full stop from that person, I'm, I think, Lord, am I, am I, am I not seeing I, and, and for me, I constantly keep in prayer and say, Lord, keep me with the revelation. Keep me with the revelation. Even for some of us here, and, and I say this in all humility, some of us may not know the extent to which you have got a good pastor. I'm telling you, some may not know. I was talking to someone the other day, I think yesterday, in this morning, and their pastor, and I was just, asking, I was just really just conversating with them. I noticed you're giving me very spiritual answers. So I said, no, be free. You know, like, you know, very spiritual answers. Calvary, greetings, shancha. I said, just be free. And, and they said, sir, you don't, know, you don't know what it's like. I'm speaking to you. Like, I'm speaking to you. I'm telling you. And I told them, don't worry, you inspire me too. And I really meant it. I'm just saying, never, if, fine, do that with me if you want. But just don't stop seeing it as a privilege. That you've got access to God the Father. Amen. Every eye closed. Is there somebody who wants to gain that access today? Somebody who said, Pastor, I've heard this sermon. And you know what's funny is that you may have been religious all your life. Trying to find your way to God. But today God has found his way to you. Now salvation is easier than you think. It's you... What happens is when the gospel is preached, the power is made available for salvation. So as I've been preaching, the power of God is available to birth you. Some may have lost their way through their lifestyle and all those things. The power is available to restore you. If any of those apply to you, raise your hand, please. I'll give you a second. Just raise your hand. I want to help you come to the knowledge of our Lord. I'm seeing many hands. Keep lifting them. Just lift them. Don't be shy about it. Say after me. 
say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Today, I confess you as my Lord. Amen. service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0 If you are unable to call, you can email us on the City of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.